What is up my guys and ghouls? How are we doing? We are now halfway through the month of Halloween. I know that I missed last week. Um, I was going to put up a guest episode, but it was Comic-Con weekend. Um, I would love to get into that. I would also love to touch on why I love horror and some reasons why other people like horror. Um, I just think that would be a little bit fun thing. Since I said we were going to do some more Halloween episodes and then I missed a week. But hopefully you're not too mad at me or anything. Um, for those who are watching, watching. I have won some Candyman merch today. Very, very happy with it. Also, what's some new things? So I have this cute little Star Wars necklace I got from Comic-Con. I got a new lightsaber at Comic-Con. And funny enough, it was a grab bag. And guess what color it was? It was red. Uh, I would show you, but that kind of defeats the point of this being like a proper podcast. So... What else has happened in this week? So last week was I went to Comic-Con Thursday through Sunday. I ended up going all four days. I didn't anticipate to go all four days, but I did. And I had so, 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 so much fun. I really, really needed it. Like more than anything, um, I'm still a little bit behind on schoolwork, but I did have so much fun. I got to see so many old friends. I was surprised with a couple of of cosplayers that I had been friends with for some time online and they were actually there and I didn't know that they were coming. So that was really exciting. I don't watch a lot of people's stories on Instagram and I guess maybe I should because maybe they would have mentioned it, but some people don't mention their like why they go to certain um or if they're going to certain cons and things like that for privacy reasons safety reasons especially for like females um but yeah so that was just some exciting stuff that happened if you don't follow big nelly c or swaggy cosplayer or swaggy cosplays they were both there and they're not from the new york area and i was very very excited to see them it was my first time doing panels at new york comic-con that was super exciting, and I'm super honored to get to be a part of that. And I was a guest at an after party, which, if you know me, you know that I kind of am not a party person, but I had so much fun. And I did get, I did get a little lit, but I did have so much fun, and I can't wait to hopefully, you know, as my platforms grow, be invited to more of them and do more things. I think it was super duper fun. And that's that. I did get ahead on some other, like, life things that were stressing me out a little bit. My voice is finally back. I'm recording this, uh, not early, but I'm recording this, and you can kind of hear that I can talk. I think that after work today, I might not have it anymore, but we'll see how it goes. Um, I could not talk literally for the entirety of from Monday until Wednesday. Or from Sunday until when Saturday, really, until Wednesday, I could not talk. And I kept doing things and laughing. And, like, especially Saturday, I was doing things and laughing and having fun. Um, I met Hayden Christensen with a couple of my friends whom I love very, very much. Um, Sidril X and Harem Scaram Cosplays and Agent Cosplays all went with me. And I love each of those people so, 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 so much. Obviously, we're all big Star Wars nerds. Um... Sid, probably second to AJ, and AJ, maybe second to me. Probably, like, the only person whose Star Wars obsession is almost on par with mine. Almost. But we all got to meet Hayden Christensen 
I was really, really exciting. The picture's up on Instagram if you haven't seen it. It's also on Facebook. Obviously, I put it everywhere because why wouldn't I? I met Hayden freaking Christensen. He said that we looked awesome, and that's really cool. He was super, super sweet, and that was that. The line was really long. One complaint that I had with Reed Pop is... So they do their they do their meet and greets through another company. Um, I forget the name of the company right now, but they do their meet and greets through another company, and they have you pick these slots to do times, and then you do the times. It tells you like when to get in line, blah blah blah. But the line is still first come first serve, so that's a little annoying, especially when you consider the pricing for some of these celebrities. Not a little annoying. A little annoying is a huge, gross understatement. It was very, very, very irritating. And had I not been so excited to meet Hayden, I probably would have been, like, super cranky. But I was with people that I cared about a whole lot, and I was still stoked by the end of the day. We met him. I had a helmet and did not face it the right way because I was so nervous. So that was fun. And everybody can see what a nerd I look like in the picture. But I digress. It was so much fun. And then we saw a couple of my friends get engaged at Comic-Con. That was really exciting. They were cosplaying Luke and Mara Jade. They've been all over the internet. Um, so you've probably seen it, especially if you watch my stories or anything. You've definitely seen me share it because I just think that is the cutest thing. And I've seen Comic-Con engagements before, but... To cosplay Luke and Mara Jade Skywalker and then get engaged. That was just super cute. And they were really nice. I met them on Thursday and we hung out literally all weekend. And they live in Queens, which is super duper exciting for me. I, I, I'm just excited. Uh, this con was my first con since, you know, the paparazzi. And I just think, you know... I was really anxious for a couple of different reasons I won't get into on the podcast. I was really, really anxious, and it ended up being one of my favorite cons I think I've gone to since the beginning. I've been going to cons. I can't do the math right now, but I've been going to cons since I was 12 years old, um, and this was very much a feeling of I'm like, like in the beginning, you weren't really meeting your friends at cons because you were meeting new people at cons. But now I was meeting so many of my friends or I was meeting up with so many of my old friends like that are local that I just didn't get to see over the last like two years. And then I was meeting new people and hanging out with them all weekend. And that was really exciting and something that I think a lot of people, especially in the cosplay scene with like how it's been, I think a lot of people kind of have been missing that because cosplay is so, and I'm sorry, I might take some pauses to drink some water. But cosplay is so ingrained in in social media or social media is so ingrained in cosplay right now that I think we kind of have been, you know, missing out on the most exciting part to me about cosplay. And that's like going to the cons and meeting people and seeing their cosplays and getting pictures with people, even if it doesn't really make sense. Um, I was Padme on Saturday. So Friday, I was Black Cat and Adam Eve, and we'll talk about Friday. We will get into the spooky stuff too, but Friday, I was Adam Eve and Black Cat, Adam Eve from Invincible, Black Cat from Spider-Man, Marvel. Um, Thursday, I was Daenerys Targaryen from Season 8. Saturday, I was uh, Padme Amidala from Star Wars, and Sunday, I ended up being Harley Quinn because I figured, you know, 
regretfully, I wore Harley Quinn when I wasn't really feeling the best because I had eaten kind of poorly all weekend and blah, blah, blah. But I still had so much fun as her. And she's still by far one of my favorite characters to cosplay as. But, and also it was a big deal for me body image wise to wear an outfit like that in public in a setting that was not just cosplayers like a huge deal just because you know I I used to battle with body image and wearing that in public is super exciting to me and it was super duper fun and I met some great people even just on Sunday I got to see certain old co-workers that I didn't think I'd bump into at cons um I ended up on the news uh I ended up in the news I was in a panel with Heather Bodie and well by Heather Bodie Heather Bodie um planned the cost positivity panel for those who know I did apply for my own panel and I didn't get approved and I was super duper heartbroken and hella discouraged and it just so happened that Heather did get approved and she had asked me to be on her panel anyway so it worked out that I still got to be in a panel and I was actually in two panels I was in the crash in the cosplay panel by Dom Charland and I was in the I was in the cost positivity panel and both of those things super duper exciting they were the crash into cosplay was kind of getting people started on cosplay and like uh, the panel was really really interactive and so many people had so many great questions and we were just talking about like things to think about when you're getting into the scene and the cost positivity panel was about body image and cosplay and fitness and cosplay and half the panel was just fitness professionals half the panel was just cosplayers and then there were a few of us that kind of do a little bit of both um heather bodie being one of my biggest fitness inspirations and cosplay inspirations because she cosplays she hulk and she's really really good at it Sorry for the really awkward pauses. I need to make sure that I drink water while I'm recording this because if I don't, I will lose my voice before work. Anyway, so the panels, one was really, really interactive. The other one was interactive, but but the Crash into Cosplay one, we had so many questions from the audience and like everything that we were answering was kind of as we went. And I think that was a really unique approach. I think Dom did an amazing job. I think all of the panelists did an amazing job. Um, I will be linking Dom and Heather's Instagrams in the information for this, just because I think you should follow them. They're really, really neat. They're amazing people. They're super motivational. Dom probably doesn't listen to the podcast. I wrote a sappy post about him already. Uh, Heather is going to be on the podcast in a later episode very, very excited to share that with you guys, just especially for those who missed the panel. We had a really, really early time slot. 11 a.m. on a Friday at a con is not the best time slot, but the people who came were attentive and they were involved and it was super fun. I got to come in and see my friends first thing in the morning and that was just amazing. This weekend was really unforgettable. The Crash in a Cosplay crew, like, I kept asking Dom over and over, are you sure you want me on your panel? Are you positive? Like, these people are legit and I don't know. And I've been cosplaying a long time and I guess I just don't ever feel up to the part. Um, come Katsukan, I am doing my first major build, which I probably should start on considering it's October already. But I'm waiting to go to Spirit Halloween. I have an idea for how I'm going to do something. I just need to see if I can get it done. We'll see how it goes. I don't want to expose what it is. If you talk to me, you probably already know the idea. But we'll see if I can do it. 
with a stop at Spirit Halloween, so I don't have to do everything from scratch myself. I'm just a little bit worried about the weight of everything. I do think Comic-Con, I mean, I do think Katsukan is the place to do this. Katsukan is kind of where people bring their A game, and I'm anxious to see if I can get this build done, but really excited to see if I can get it done. And I have some other ideas that are really out of the box for me, and I just hope that I can do them justice and not have to con crunch because I've had two years to do them, but that that's neither here nor there, you know what I mean? Um, what else happened at Comic-Con? Uh, I got to get some pictures. I can't wait to share all of them with you guys. I really can't wait to share the Padme and Anakin pictures that my friend and I took because they are going to be chef's kiss. Uh, my good friend Jose took them. I've shot with Jose a lot of times, actually. I've shot with Jose a good amount of times. Uh, he's a super, super, super talented uh, photographer. I will also put his information in the bio if you're interested. He does cosplay and some fashion photography. Amazing, amazing person. Super, super kind. One thing that was really weird to me this weekend was everybody kept talking about how good my energy was and I don't know if it's imposter syndrome I don't know if it's because I was anxious I don't know what it was but I did not know that so many people would compliment my vibe in general um especially I guess I don't know I get typecasted as like cosplay raven do this do that and I think I just looked the part but this this con was a big deal for me because it was kind of my first con since the pandemic and it was my first con um on my own because obviously we didn't have cons for such a long time and it was really really like freeing and invigorating and I really really enjoyed myself and I think that people finally got to see me in the cosplay community which hasn't happened uh aside from light benders it hasn't really happened where my personality has got to show through in the New York cosplay scene so that was really exciting for me. I was very proud of myself for like putting myself out there and I forgot my business cards. We gotta make new business cards because the QR code on my other ones expired and I don't really feel like paying full price for it. So there's that. But, oh, and I also did get some prints and things. I didn't, I didn't spend that much money. And I found like some bomb ramen spots. I'm thinking of making like a map and I know other people kind of do this but I'm thinking maybe before anime NYC like putting my favorite food spots around the convention center just in case people like you know I like to suggest places that are in budget I like to suggest places that are good and I like to suggest places um, you can either go to with a small group or you don't really need to wait a long time for reservations so let me know if you like that idea I'm still waiting to check on if we have some fan mail. We're going to do that in the next episode since we have a bonus episode for October and I kind of missed an episode. One of these episodes is going to be a little bit longer. So when we do the longer episode, if you have, what are we talking about? Why you like horror? What are your favorite horror genres? What's your favorite part about Halloween even or October? Um... If you answer any of those questions, I would love to feature you and respond uh, in the next podcast episode or the one after that, maybe the last episode of October. I think that'd be a little fun. But I am on a Candyman shirt. I saw the Candyman remake. We talked about it when we did the 3x3. Three three. 
why do I like horror? And why do some people like horror? So I have a book. I don't think you can see it, but it is back here. Um, it is called The Philosophy of Horror. And what it is, is kind of, and it's not an anthology. That's not the word. And I know every episode so far, I have tried to find a word. And you would think that I would be a walking thesaurus while doing a podcast, but I'm not. But I'm going to drink some water real quick. Maybe I'll cut that out. We'll see if I do. I guess it gets hard to drink water when you're doing a podcast by yourself. Anyway, um, I have a book that's called The Philosophy of Horror, and it's kind of like a compendium slash anthology. I forget the word, but it's a collection of um, actual scholarly essays and articles and studies on why people like certain aspects of horror. And what was interesting to me, I had started reading this for fun and then I ended up writing a paper on it um, two semesters ago? I don't know. I ended up writing a paper on it in, in one of my literacy, literacy, literacy classes and I realized like how much I really do love that genre and how many subgenres there are in it and we were kind of talking about how like and I ended up having to do other studies in addition to this one Poe's over here in case you guys hear any scuttling or anything it's because Poe is at my feet but it was just an interesting it was interesting because I did have to do additional research and not just pull from this book, but this book does have some amazing articles and amazing studies that were done on why people like horror and what kind of horror they like. And I think, all right, all right, all right. He almost made me grab his neck. Come here. I'll cut this out. Maybe I'll cut it out. Do you want to say hi to the people? I won't cut it out. Now you have to watch and subscribe on YouTube. But also I hope you're listening on Anchor or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. But subscribe on YouTube and you can see Poe jump out of my arms. He doesn't really like being held. Anyway. But he wants me to love him and I can't love him right now because I'm dizzy. Anyway. So a lot of what had happened in the book or in all of these articles is the general consensus of why certain people like certain aspects of horror. Obviously, this isn't like the end all be all. This isn't including, you know, monster flicks and things like that and people who just like the cinema or people who just like the spectacle of certain things. This is about why, like, like the psych, the, 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 psychology behind it. Now the book is called The Philosophy of Horror and it does go into it, but it opens with a lot of articles about why we enjoy it and it kind of has different reasonings. And I never fully know how to process philosophy things, but when it comes down to our brains, a lot of people who have undergone like trauma or something like that, um, and not, again, not everybody, take this with a grain of salt, I'm not like a professional or anything, I just did a lot of research. Um, a lot of people who have undergone these things like horror because they they like the control of horror. When you're watching a scary movie, you are you are aware that you're in this moment, and and part of what brings us back to it over and over again is you're in this moment. Yes, you're scared, and you kind of get to let go, but also you're in control because you could just turn it off. You could just leave if you want. 
a lot of people don't like horror for the same reason. Like, they feel they have to finish the movie and they get scared. Um, could never be me. Some people, like, obviously have horror that they don't sit properly with. I don't know what that's like. But for me, that, that element of control is probably tied to some type of trauma. I don't know. But another reason is obviously, like, the adrenaline. And that's something you don't get in your everyday life. So it's fulfilling for us mentally to have that stimulation. Some people like the spectacle. I love gore movies, and we've talked about this. I love gore movies when gore movies are done right. Don't give me a Serbian film or a Human Centipede 2 and tell me that that's, like, good. Because it's not good film. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's got gore. And, and even Saw, to an extent, you know, later later editions of Saw get a little gratuitous in the gore that they have but the 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 core story to saw and spiral and the core elements of the first saw movie you kind of especially if you're a long time saw fan you do get that curiosity as it goes on and the story is actually still good in its core even though the gore is what it is you know what i mean it's not just like some b-grade like whatever and and for me I think that's why I got into it so I did want to talk about and I briefly touched on this in the last episode but I got into horror really really young I can't pinpoint the first time I watched it but my most vivid horror related memories are Nightmare on Elm Street, Child's Play, and Carrie and I think my taste has changed since then. Um, obviously, I'm a huge fan of Candyman. I wish that he was in Dead by Daylight in general. But I I think a lot of these elements from these classic horror films did stick. And I don't know if Child's Play is considered a classic the way that A Nightmare on Elm Street would be. But I kind of consider it a classic. And I really don't think, you know, when we're talking about horror, a lot of people don't list Carrie as one of their favorite scary movies. Um, I Maybe there's a difference between a scary movie and a horror movie or a gore movie or whatever. But I kind of group them all together, especially because it is spooky season. You know what I mean? I just think that that's how it should go. But I digress. Anyway. I watched these when I was really, really young, and I thought the imagery was cool. Yeah, it scared me a lot. And then, eventually, I just like it. Um, I'm getting ready to see Halloween Kills on Sunday, and I am so, so excited to go see it, because the last Halloween movie that came out a couple years ago was really, really good. I like those movies. I don't really know why I'm so invested in those but I'm going to read a little bit more of that book. I haven't finished it because I did have to pick a couple of articles from it and then go in and do my own research. But I would like to get into the philosophy of it all. I do think that a large chunk of the philosophy is we like to have control. But we also like the lack of control and when things are like, like, you want to break up the monotony of everything. You know, not monotony of everything. You you need to get away from the status quo, and I think horror is a really, really good way to do that. I think that in the same way that some people just can't fucking stand musicals, some people just can't stand horror because they're crybabies. But, no tea, no shade. But for me, I love horror, and I love the, the filmmaking elements of horror movies. You know, I think... You know, as somebody who, and I know I keep saying, you know, but I, as somebody who loves 
sound design and cinematography, I think there are key elements of horror. Like when you go back and think of Psycho, that was so groundbreaking for film and cinema at the time that it had came out. And, and the music was so jarring that it ended up getting repeated again and again and again in pop culture. You know what I mean? And I think things like that really do come from the horror genre and they kind of solidify themselves. You think of like um, German express German expressionism with those. I just came back from a really good workout. That's why I'm so. Um, anyway, you think of German expressionism with Nosferatu, and you think of elements from that movie that then carried on to Gothic cinema and things that in film. You know, obviously it came from literature, but and and obviously Nosferatu was about Bram Stoker's Dracula, but they couldn't call it that. Blah 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 blah. blah. If you didn't know that, that's what happened with Nosferatu, um, because whatever, that's how it works. But Nosferatu was based on Dracula. Obviously, we know this much, but German Expressionism at the time was so pivotal in film as Germany, you know, during the World War, Germany was one of the first, one of the only countries that was making film. And, like, we were making film, France is making maybe like one third of the films that we were we were making like triple the time that Germany was but Germany was a solid creator of film at the time of Nazi Germany and it sucks because I learned that recently and now I can't appreciate any of the movies that I used to appreciate but I did also learn a lot of filmmakers left Germany and came here because they didn't like Nazis which nice Good job for basic human decency and being correct, whatever. Anyway, you think of films like Nosferatu and, and what has come from Nosferatu and what imagery carries on from there. You think of camera, the Dutch camera angle, and you think of things like that. And these are things, you know, if you're not a film buff, you might not know about the Dutch camera angle, but the Dutch camera angle is when it's like slightly ajar and it gives things this like elongated look, but also like your brain tells you, oh, this is off. Like something is off about this. And that is from German Expressionism. But what I think is important is how frequently that exact use and technique of camera angles got carried on into further into other cinema moving forward. I think, you know, they do it in regular films, obviously, but when you move on to, when you move on from horror, or like in, you're looking into horror, how many times do you see that jarring ass camera angle? You know what I mean? How many times do you hear nothing and like the, the absence of sound stresses you out more than if there were sound? Or when you can hear the main character just taking footsteps. That's terrifying in a lot of cases. Or even... Now, I forget what movie it is right now, but there was a movie that came out a couple of years ago and the girl would hear scratching and like the the scratching was such a, a key element of the movie. And then you find out that she like saw demons or something. I don't I don't fucking know. I don't remember. But but you think of these things or or like when there is a build up in music or you think of that jarring moment in in fucking Psycho when when he's stabbing her in the shower and you think of that. And, and eventually, yeah, we do get into soundtracks like like that aren't original music. Um, and I'll get into that in a second. You think of movies down the road, but when you think of key things, it's such small elements of film that you didn't consider in 
because you're watching it. You know what I mean? It's it's in passing. But these are things that even if you don't like horror and you do find yourself getting more into film, you can appreciate that a little bit more. And that's something that I love about watching scary movies because it does tense me up. I'm already an anxious person. Why do I like horror when I'm already a fucking anxious mess? I don't know. But it's super fun, and I love that that stimulus of of the sound design and what's on the screen and, like, being stressed out at the same time. That's why jump scares kind of piss me off, and I think there, there was a brief time in horror where we were so reliant on jump scares. Even in horror games, we were so reliant on jump scares. You think of Five Nights at Freddy's and a lot of people who love, you know, especially people, because this was at the time that survival horror had its big dip you think of this was five nights at freddy's came out at this a little bit on the tail end of when resi 5 and resi 6 were you know doing what they were doing and silent hill i think homecoming or or shattered memories or one of them was the last silent shattered memories was okay but but one of those was the last game to come out for silent hill so the silent hill fandom was kind of like meh um i talk about obscure but you haven't seen obscure even be mentioned when most people talk about horror or why they like horror and I do think that the gaming industry has further skyrocketed my love for horror and scary things to the point where I'm thinking of games to play for stream and I can't even think of things because I play fucking Dead by Daylight every day and I just like it so much and I'm like yeah but that's not really a scary game. Also, if you're listening to this, Back for Blood did just drop. I can't buy it just yet but I'm going to get it at some point and I will be streaming it. I stream Monday through Wednesdays, sometimes Sundays. Anyway, and sometimes Thursdays, sometimes. But definitely Monday through Wednesday. I did take a brief time off because I'm going through a lot. Anyway, these are all key things that you don't think of when you're watching a film, but I really, really appreciate. Also, like, even, like, color color temperature in films. Like, if something is blue, you know you feel kind of cold and, like, alone. If something is red, it's, like, hot and, like, you know, it's, it's very simple things. And I know I'm addressing a little bit more of the psychology aspects and less of the, less of the actual philosophy aspects, but I think both are equal parts as important. Now, when it comes to games, it's a little bit different because games obviously there is not the same elements of control but as i was saying at the time that all of these survival horror games were kind of falling off you know we had the rise of five nights at freddy's and i can't really think of a a, a way to kind of pin another way to kind of pinpoint what was going on in like the mainstream horror um game scene as much as here's what's happening, like, like, these games are kind of falling off, Silent Hill was what it was up until PT, and then, you know, Resident Evil became, like, an action series, because that's what was getting big, and we were kind of, like, you know, there were other horrors that were coming out, there was, like, you know, Obscure every now and again, like, people were still holding on to Left 4 Dead, but even then, Left 4 Dead was definitely more of an action-y, moment then then and i love left for dead i have a tattoo for left for dead i'm very excited about back for blood don't get me wrong but at the end of the day these things were a little bit more actiony and and to an extent horror movies kind of happen to be the same thing and now we're finally back on this rise of of what we like about about horror and i think that's super duper exciting and i love playing horror games so much because 
for a long time, I was like, there's no good movies coming out. So how can I get that, that, that itch? You know what I mean? And I think some people don't like reading because they move too slow. And it's a similar issue to what was happening in the scene at the time. But I, those are, sorry, those are a couple of reasons for why I like horror and what got me into horror. And I think it would be an interesting conversation. So if you have anything to say in regards to this episode, uh, please, 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 please go on Anchor and respond or go on Spotify and do the Q&A. There was also a Q&A from the last episode, which I will be responding to at the end of the month. So maybe we'll keep up with that. Maybe. Probably not, but we could. Um, We'll see how it goes. Um, But let me know why you like horror. I think it would be an interesting conversation and I would love to talk to you guys about it if if you'd be so kind. Um, But yeah, we already talked about the three by three last week. We already talked about some whys. Um, as far as like, like you know, people who think that like you know other psychopaths like to watch horror. I don't really think that's the case because the the gauge for human morality is not the same. Oh, getting back to the soundtrack issue or the soundtrack thing, there are you know, movies that have more original soundtracks and they are super duper driven by whatever the composer gives to them. Because if you change the music in those movies, it changes the narrative entirely. But there are movies uh, like Us and and those movies... Now, Us is... is uh, most movies obviously have a mix of like a composed soundtrack and then they have like other songs that they, they like got to license to get into the film. Us, I think... When I started talking, I, I was like, oh, they have a lot of a lot of songs that are like already existing and they put them into the movie. Yes. And I do think they give it a pivotal cultural element, but they also have songs that are remixes of those licensed songs. And then they have songs that are completely composed just for the movie, which I think is just as important and valid to the story of Us. If you haven't seen Us, I will not spoil it. But what you do need to know is that NWA is in it at one point and it's super duper funny. And the delivery of that could have not been at a better time. And obviously that is on the director and the producers to time stuff like that. But again, super pivotal to the story and for anybody in black culture who was watching it they found the moment with the nwa song super funny whereas it might have been lost upon white audiences even though white audiences obviously know who nwa is it just hits different when you understand the cultural context of it and what was going on in the scene um and i just think that's really funny but uh, similarly, too, do video games have the, the same thing? And obviously, I love sound design, and I think sound design, part of why, you know, Resi fell off was that sound design, and then you come back with Resident 7 and 8, and those were amazing. Obviously, I'm still coming down from the high of 8, even though I played it, like, long time ago at this point, but sometimes there would be no music and then sometimes you would hear like creaking and and in the very opening scene when you're in the village you hear a thud from the other room in a building that you're in and it scares you and then later on a lichen like comes back and that's how you know what that thud was you know what i mean and those things are what stresses you out and it there are elements of these cinema master, cinematic masterpieces that go into games and and the interactive aspect of it just makes it that much more rewarding to get to play. And that's why I like horror games as much as I do. Even though I scream like a little baby and I'm super obnoxious to watch, 
that's why I like playing them at the end of the day. Um, I, I if you haven't played Obscure, Obscure was uh, an early two thousands game. Uh, there are there is Obscure Part One and Two, and apparently it is a cult. Fo- it has an occult following, which I didn't know um, because I really felt like one of like five people that knew what that game was about. I played it with my friend on the weekend, and it was super cheesy. Like the tropes and their college and high school kids, and it's super cheesy. Very much kind of like Until Dawn, but Until Dawn felt very aware of its tropes, whereas Obscure was doing it unironically. If you haven't played it, it's really, really good. I think it's still aged kind of well, and I do think similar to the issue that Silent Hill had when that got upgraded, I think that it does it a favor by being on an older generation console when when Silent Hill got moved, obviously a big part of Silent Hill's fog was how the game was rendered and the fact that the PlayStation at the time could not render all of Silent Hill. So they said, here's this fog. You can't see in front of you. When it got the HD remake, that fog got taken away and you just see emptiness and it's not, it don't hit the same as what it used to be. So that element of the unknown gets taken away in the HD remake. And if you're playing something like Obscure, it reads very similarly because of that. So if you can get your hands on it or watch a Let's Play of it, you should do that. I highly recommend it. If you have a favorite, oh, that's the other question we could do. If you have a favorite horror game that you like to play, um, I know a lot of people are really big into the Resi series, but whatever your favorite horror game is, let me know. I will put it in the Q&A on Spotify and on YouTube um, or and on Anchor. You can also comment on YouTube and I will respond, but I would prefer if you do it on Anchor just so I can hear your lovely voices talk back to me and we can get these episodes a little bit more interactive, especially since I know nobody really wants to listen to me talk for 45 minutes. Unless you do, which I guess at this point, if I'm still going, you probably have. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I know I went a mile a minute. I know there was a lot of information going on. The vibes are really, really high right now in terms of content to put out and things like that and and getting my life together (laughs) and they're low in other aspects but you know we're working on it we're working on it streams will be coming back on monday and that's that midterm seasons spooky season let's get it done i hope you guys live like legends have an amazing week i will see you next time I didn't introduce myself in the beginning of the episode, but if you've listened thus far, I am Legend of Anakin. I am your friendly local neighborhood gremlin, and I'm a nobody. But I love to talk to you, and I love being here and sharing all of this fun stuff with you. And I love Spooky Season. Have a great day. Have a great week. Blah, blah, blah. Bye, y'all.